0: Time to set it off. It,
1: is is, is, it, is it, I've it, answered that already. <laughs> <laughs> I made it quite no, clear. No, no, Did no, no, I fucking no, no. stutter? 100s and thousands and we have taken control of your radio station this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the triple j hottest 100 my name is david james young and i'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so joining me once again mr andrew mcdonald good evening mr adam buncher
2: i was
0: sure that it was going to be a call and response opening (laughs) and i i was ready man as always could have been park life.
1: Maybe it will be. <laughs> Maybe it's not. What's Who it knows? Will- Maybe we'll the whole episode is call and response. We'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, Nathan Harrison's hello, here too. Hello, hello. Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm great. You know why I'm great? Why are you great? We are about to talk about Sonic Youth. At number 65, this is Boom. Sixty-five with bull in the heather, and here we go, Mister Andrew McDonald. You have the floor, my friend.
2: Yeah, I I love Sonic Youth. I make no point of hiding that up until, and I guess including in, you know, from conception to through to. I guess this record really experimental Jet Set and O Star. They're just like unbroken. The terrific records. Some classics. Yeah, and even um, 2000's New York City Ghosts and Flowers is an incredible record. I think they're just one of my absolute favourite of that experimental... of the bands that come out of the early New York no-wave scene. Yeah. They've had the most staying power apart from maybe Swans. Um, terrific, and even, even
1: but- Swans fucked off for a while.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Sonic Youth were here until like the end of the 2000s. Yeah. So they were consistent, man.
2: This song itself I think is good but not terrific. It's clearly post-classic era for them. Like, it's The whole album this is from is kind of like that it kind of errs a little bit too far from the noise rock roots which is why i was turned on to the band to begin with but it's very good it's wonderful you can't not love kim gordon's voice in this it's obviously just so infectious the weirdness of the guitar tone is fantastic the drum work with the maraca also wonderful like yeah. there's so many great things about this song but it is just a little bit outside of why i love sonic youth but it's still okay. I think an absolute jam still nonetheless
1: See, I love this song. Like, this is, to me, one of the more underrated Sonic Youth singles. Maybe it, maybe it is because it is from that later period where people stopped paying attention, but uh, I think there's a lot to like about this. Like you said, I really like the guitar work and the super stripped back drums on this. There's something about Kim Gordon's vocals that always—it sounds so detached, but at the same time, it's so aggressive and so in your face. You know, same with the track like "Cool Thing," which yeah. she mm. does lead vocals on, um, which is
0: an outstanding Sonic Youth song. Yeah, it's song. a fucking like,
1: great it's song. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, jams. yeah. Like every time that she takes the lead, she always does it with that perfect level of slacker apathy and pure punk rock conviction.
0: She pushes it so hard that it manages to sing Apathetic somehow. Yeah, it's, it's mm. completely paradoxical.
1: Like even here, like she's in her like mid to late forties, I think, at this point.
0: No way. Yeah, totally, wow. dude.
1: Like she's older than my dad. It's crazy it. that yeah, someone in Sonic Youth is older than my dad. Who the fuck? Youth. Yeah, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really, really dig this. Uh, also, bonus points to the music video, which features a another, another badass lady, Miss Kathleen Hanna. Just getting, a, getting her dance on. Yeah, yeah. just <laughs> dancing around. How would
2: I, I know Kathleen Hanna? Bikini, you know. Um, she
1: was, yeah, she was the Biki- lead singer yeah, she, in a band she, called Bikini, Bikini Kill. Kill. Oh, we mentioned that. And
2: uh, Led Tigre.
1: Led Tigre,
0: Oh, cool. Yes. We talked about those guys in terms of the Riot girl movement. Yeah, she, yeah. she's Riot Grrr, Riot Grrr, Riot Grrr. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, if she's you're, the yeah, For a bit more information, uh, I strongly recommend a documentary called The Punk Singer, which is all, all right. about her... And uh, her battles with Lyme disease, like, wasn't it? Yeah, Lyme's yeah. disease, mm. and getting her voice out there as a as like a feminist icon. I used to watch the video all the time growing up, but I didn't know who Kathleen Hanna was. <laughs> yeah. So like later when I saw the punk singer documentary and Kim Gordon was talking about like her coming onto the set and stuff, I was like, oh shit! Oh my know, god! Oh my god! It was like yeah. the world's colliding <laughs> moment for me.
2: Yeah. Also, wife of uh, certain
1: Beastie Boy as yes, well. Yes, that's correct. Mr. No. Adam Yelk, I believe. No, 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 no Adams. He's dead. Um oh. RIP, M.C.A. Uh, yeah. I believe Ad Rock. Ad Rock, yes. Yeah. Horowitz. Adam yeah. Horowitz.
2: Nathan, do you pay this song? Yeah, I do. Look,
3: I like Sonic you Throw one of my blind spots. Like I, you know, I reveal that information openly and without too much shame. Got him, like, man. Like, you know, You're I got him. I yeah, yeah, I need to do it at some point. But like at the moment they're a blind song. But I think this is a pretty cool song. Like it's fun. I feel like at one point it was a pop song. Structurally, and then those those beautiful weightless moments where the drums stop and everything just sort of sits there for a second before going back in, like it could have been a pop song in a different universe, but obviously it's not. Like Sonic Youth, and particularly particularly Kim's vocals, like just bring that weird aggressive despondency, which is so beautiful and. That tension, I think, mm. carries the song really, really well. Past yeah. it being a pop song and into something quite interesting.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, Adam, what's your relationship with Sonic Youth? Oh, I
3: have
0: a, I have a <laughs> very- Simpsons?
1: Is it just Simpsons? Because that's okay.
0: That was probably the first time I actually heard the band name. Oh, for yeah, sure. yeah. That
1: would,
2: I'd say that'd be the same for all of us, yeah. Probably. Probably. I, I would have been six when that came out. <laughs> yeah, up, yeah. So. yeah.
0: <laughs> I had a really good year in two thousand and eight because a couple of things happened. I got my, I got a stereo in my car, and I had a lot of long drives. Um, and this stereo had the ability for me to, for the first time, play my own music on it. And this led to an explosion of discovery of music. Um, and you know, the, because I was discovering music actively for the first time, it wasn't just stuff that was around at the time. I kind of started that beautiful Google search: best albums of all time. Um, one of which was Daydream Nation. It's acclaimed pretty widespread and universally as one of the best albums of the 80s. So I threw that on and I it was that beautiful thing when you are confronted by something but you just keep going back to it because you know that there's something in there that you really, really love and you grow by listening to that album. Mm. That was totally what that album was for me. If I heard this song on an album or on a best of, I would like it. In the context of the hottest 100 for 1994, I love it. Yeah, yeah I pay right. it so hard that yeah, this cool. song made it up this high. Look at all the songs that it's beaten and all the pop sensibilities that they possess that this song only teases you with, which I really think is what's going on here. It, it has that uh, completely alienating harmonic section to begin with, but then once it gets kicking into the verse or the pre-verse or whatever that next section is, it almost sounds like the beginning of a Stroke song. Like It's mm. got that kind of very accessible guitar riff but as soon as they've built up a rapport with the listener they strip it away completely take you straight back to that hollowness where they, they take away the driving bass line they just mm. leave you with this kind of sparse landscape yeah. it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it perfectly illustrates what's going on with the uh, the lyrics of the track mm-hmm. You know about desire about wanting about being uh, confounded by that want as well the music does exactly the it's same it's teasing thing. yeah the yeah. whole song is a tease and yeah. it's wonderful for that and uh, and it makes it even better because as soon as I heard the song I wanted to go back and listen to it again I became a little bit addicted to it and so you know it was reflective of what was going on in the song in terms of what was happening in me as well so absolutely pay it absolutely love it and adore the fact that the 1994 voting audience for Triple J was so on point to get this up in there. That doesn't awesome. surprise
3: me that much though, like really? especially They're a very
2: hugely popular band. Yeah,
3: and if if like even if we're talking about this is sort of the point where people are maybe starting to lose interest, like if this is the second year of the Yearly Hottest 100 and mm. Sonic Youth have released something eligible for the countdown, I think there's a huge amount of people going to vote for that. It's not a voting for the band, not the song thing, but sure, you get to vote for Sonic Youth, which is yeah. like a lot of but- People what? are going to love that
0: It's not Vance Joy Is <laughs> no, what no. I'm saying
3: Like I I think it would have been amazing If
2: Vance Joy Was Vance Joy sure was in even alive At horror. this point <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't, no I, yeah.
0: But what Maybe But if this song Was released tomorrow It wouldn't make it Into the hottest 100 of No no But I think well, in 1994 There's a lot of things as well. There's so oh, much sure.
3: Like, the Breeders are here, like, you know, like, L7. Like, there's... I don't think this sticks out to me. When this was on the list, It's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, it, feels, like, it
0: feels more alienating than, okay. say, Andre or uh, or the other one that you mentioned with the Breeders. The Breeders has got hooks. This no, is- no, no, no. Yeah, I, yeah, I, know, yeah, I know, but, but, like,
3: but I, I think a lot of people that like Sonic Youth are going to like the Breeders as well.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. no, that's valid, and yeah. Da- Daydream Nation, Goo and Dirty were huge releases. Oh, of like, course. That was yeah, they yeah, so yeah, were enormously popular.
0: I mean,
3: that's, that's what accounts
2: for, yeah. it,
0: obviously. But if you did take the song in isolation, it... Wouldn't make sense for this yeah, to, sure. to be in a in a countdown of hundred songs of the year even though it is the jam of jams it's very yeah. it's great that it's there hey yeah. you guys um you guys know about what Bull in the Heather is a reference to no, a reference? not not particularly yet. good friends of Sonic Youth uh pavement ah. uh, and uh, those guys are big in horse racing uh, and there was a particular horse called uh, Bull in the Heather stylized as Bull and then as one word no spaces in the Heather, Mm. Uh, it was given as a bumper sticker to Thurston and Kim it was just the name of the horse. And so that reference was brought up again. Now this horse was twenty nine to win the Florida Derby, and it actually won. Hey. Hey. Uh, and it threw things off completely in uh, nineteen ninety three, according to the New York Times article that I discovered. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. for the Kentucky Derby and people were like losing their minds because this horse is just like Who is this huh. damn horse?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing winning this thing? It's He's not a gonna- cute horse, that's what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. Like,
2: it's like friends are on the horse. Yeah. Yeah, go yeah. friends
1: will go. Uh, also a quick plug Kim has a book out, mm. yes. Um, it is memoir slash autobiography. Uh, I think it's called Girl in a Band. It yep. is, uh, and I have not had the chance to read it yet, but I'm super super keen to. i mean in the Much love, Kim. Oh boy, get amped, dads. Mm. Get ready to rock, boys and girls. <laughs> number sixty-four. This is the Black Crows with a conspiracy. 1994, Hottest 100, with a conspiracy.
3: I think it was a conspiracy that
1: it's in here. Dun, like, yeah. dun, dun, a little bit. make you think.
3: Make you think. This yeah. is a terrible song. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's not even, like, egregiously bad. It's just, yeah. like, boring, bluesy, classic rock. Like, yeah. Yeah. I am struggling to remember anything about it other yeah. than the visuals in the film clip, which were weird. Okay, and-
1: I'm really happy for you, and I'm going to let you finish, <laughs> but what the fuck is with like the corpus paint slash black metal so, makeup so, that so he's I wearing think, in the
3: video? Because obviously it doesn't fit the band and like a cursory Google image search reveals them to be very much America. in your... Yeah, well, I mean, that's the album name, was Amorica.
2: Oh, really? Yeah,
3: yeah, which is like, you know, but also alarm bells ringing already. Yeah. But, you know, like, in terms of the image that they have outside this song, it's very... Even, like, Chicago, like, America, that kind of classic rock, American rock band or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a line in this song which is about always um, not wanting to get into the things that are popular that year. And I think because like Marilyn Manson and some other things are kind of happening, but not even particular. I don't know. Not like, even
1: that that point. Right. Not yeah, even Shop that Rock much. not even a thing at that but point.
3: But I, 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 think it's trying to reference some kind of trend that they saw as a thing. Did I in miss the video the like black metal boom? Yeah, nineteen
0: ninety four. Yeah, like was
1: Behemoth know. big back then or something? I don't know. I don't black know. Crows
0: didn't. So. Timmy Borgir doing something? I don't know. know. Yeah, there was. I, th- I, th- I think Maybe more nin. Yeah, Nine
3: okay. Inch even, like, an attitude thing, looking at, like, Smashing Pumpkins being very popular at the time and stuff, yeah. like, I think it's a clumsy and yeah. quite bad... Well, that's yeah. a jab at that kind of that's thing. That's
0: a classic dad move. It's like yeah, calling anything yeah. that's metal death metal, yeah. even though death metal is very in- in- incredibly...
3: Yeah, exactly. you know, <laughs> a specific yeah. kind of metal. Um, like, yeah. every kind of metal yeah, is an incredibly yeah. specific They're all for babies, med- but they're very different babies. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, boo. <laughs> so their album, Amorica, which is, again... I disagree, for the record. For, for. I think, I think um, When it was released, the cover was a picture of a woman's pubic hair. Of course it was. Of course it was, because that's who they are. And a bunch of shops didn't want to stock the album. Just just independent of that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It might have been because of that, or it might, like, having heard the song, who knows. So they re-released it, and, like, you know, having heard the song and thinking about it, like, just have a think about how much irony you think this band is, like, up for. They released it with a completely black cover after it got pulled for being obscene. This is, like, what, within a decade of Spinal Tap. And then, like, they just absolutely none more blacked.
2: Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah.
3: But I like I don't think that, that they was, are the no. band to do that. No.
2: <laughs> no. Uh.
3: Definitely not. Anyway, it's
2: a rubbish song.
1: It, it's pretty rubbish.
2: Well, I think mean, the fact that we've spoken more about other things than the song is enough. This is, is genericism at it? its fucking worst. There's nothing to say. It's unremarkable as anything. I
0: think it insists upon itself. Oh, 100%. It, it insists... Like, it, it, uh, from the beginning, like, the vocals are so overselling the yeah. whole time. And I think if you want to amp things up to that extent, you need to kind of at least set the groove to start with. Yeah. I think the reason that that is not the case is because actually if he, di- if he did just sing it a little bit more straighter, you'd realise that there's absolutely nothing going on with that melody yeah. whatsoever and that there is absolute genericism there. So he's just like amping it up and overselling it and t- putting all the little vocal flourishes and getting way too on with the yeah. whole thing. Maybe all the it's film clip stuff
3: so... is just sort of sort of like obfuscate it and yeah, make people not realise that there's nothing in this song. Yeah. I mean, the yeah.
0: first couple of seconds of the first riff is bouncy enough and I got into it enough and there's something about the way the chorus kind of swoops that word has been ruined now since we <laughs> talked about the band uh-huh.
3: <laughs> but it's just it's just classic rock like yeah yeah, I, basically. yeah like, and I, like anything there's good nothing about it it's just like oh yeah this has done. been happening yeah. for 50 years now or whatever like yeah. Yeah, they're not doing anything with it. Like any saving grace is just them ripping on bands that did it thirty years ago. Yeah, I think
0: that's a valid call. I mean, I, I was going to talk about like how there's the, there's a really nice kind of gospel chorus and stuff and hints of that, and yeah, that's it, kind of nice. Exactly. And the, li- and the little again, breakdowns okay, but it's just, trope. It's just yeah. it's just it's just rock trope, and it's nothing we haven't heard before.
1: Moving on. Look, a like- no Morica. <laughs> no Morica. <laughs> Look, like most people my age, I only know who Chris Robinson is because he used to bang Kate Hudson, and I huh, used to huh. yeah. Used to read the gossip rags all the time, and then she you, moved. What? At what age did you used to? Oh, like gossip rags. Oh, I used to read that shit all the time when I was growing up. Like, really? Like late, like, like into my tweens and into the teens. Yeah, like I used, to, I used to sit in waiting rooms a lot, and when you're in waiting rooms a lot, you find a lot of that shit, and you sit down and you are somehow enamored with this entire world. Yeah, I used to sit down and watch entertainment tonight and all that kind of shit. I knew all about that shit. Don't know why I knew all about that shit, but I knew all about that shit.
0: That's a deeply fascinating character note from the beach.
1: So after Chris Robinson uh, got his ass dumped, she moved on to bigger and better things and started banging Matt Bellamy. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, onwards and upwards. Of Muse fame. Of Muse fame. Goodness, she has taste. The, she, they had a kid together as well.
0: Oh, God. There's no going back from that. Inexplicable <laughs> oh, Muse fame. I know. <laughs>
1: inexplicable Muse fame. 100%. But uh, She
0: probably started dating him before The Resistance as well, so yeah. you can kind of understand so. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, he's a, he's a formidable vocalist or whatever. Like he, he clearly knows what he's doing. But like I said, there's nothing that he and the Black Crows are doing that Tom Petty And the Heartbreakers didn't already do. You know, it's very, very straightforward. Like, the organ is kind of nice in a way, and, you know, there's the, the melodies that are just like, oh, yeah, I see what he's going for there. But, like, on the whole, it just, yeah it does nothing for me and i think that's reflective of the of the black crow's entire uh discography really they were an unremarkable rock band in the right place at the right time yeah they were lucky that's they've always had like a cult following you know like they to adhere a lot and of, of course like we'll pick up any random yeah, shit and yeah. turn it into a fucking megastar. what's up red Fu? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually oh this is hilarious two days after we recorded this podcast so four days uh, in the future yeah in the future what uh, oh well it's 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 yeah 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 so when you're listening to this this happened four days ago chris robinson played at the metro with his backing band his he's doing a solo album and he's yeah he's touring with his band uh they're called chris robinson and the brotherhood do you think Uh. the curtain will be up I Uh, think the curtain might be up. Yeah. (laughs) For those that don't know, uh, the Metro Theatre is a venue in Sydney, and if you have not sold enough tickets to justify being there, there is a giant black curtain that goes up behind the mixing desk, which is known as the Black Curtain of Doom. And I am praying... Boom. Well, they are a black metal band, so yeah. yeah. and shit. I am praying to You're all that for all this is fucking holy that Chris Robinson and the Brotherhood are going to get the black curtain of doom because it's just what they deserve, and it would be so sweet. Literally days after we shat off them,
0: <laughs> I'm still confused as to what day it is.
1: Uh Monday. Okay, oh, it's a
3: Monday night gig as well. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah oh yeah. no, I,
1: I said like what day it is yeah. today. Well, I, I guess.
3: <laughs> um, Yeah. Well, it's Friday. Yeah. Well, it's Friday today. Yeah. Yeah, well, the beauty of it's a Friday podcast today.
0: that
2: I can listen to at any time. Yeah. What time is it for you? <laughs> you yeah. Well, if you're listening, well, anyway, if you're listening
1: to, to this the day it comes out. Which, <laughs> All right. Are you happy? Are you going to fucking sleep at night, buncher? Of- All right. No. You're fucking... For different
0: reasons. So- fuck this song? Yeah, this song gets the Black Curtain to death.
1: Mm, fuck I this just song? don't care about it enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have the energy. Yeah, I just find <laughs> <about> it okay. <laughs> like, um, it's, okay. It's, it's not um, repulsive. It's just... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well what are we gonna do with this song if we're not gonna fuck this song?
0: Ignore it. Oh wait, wait, Andrew, can I try one? Black crows, I think it's for the birds. Hey. Hey.
1: Did I do it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh, now you gotta cheers yourself. Cheers <laughs> to you. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da.
3: <laughs> oh man
1: They <laughs> oh,
2: oh. are <laughs> <laughs> nah, for the birds. They are for the birds. <laughs> For the burbs. <laughs>
3: That's the next one, surely. What? Park life. it's for the burbs.
2: <laughs> oh. Yes! Hey. No, just no, just Confidence is a preference for the habitual voyeur of what is known as...
0: A morning soup can be avoided if you take a route
1: straight through what is known as... Right. John's got brewer's through, he gets intimidated by the dirty pigeons. They love a bit of him.
0: Right. Who's that gut lord marching? You should cut down on your pork life, mate. Get some exercise.
1: And Phil Daniels at number 63 in the park. park. Damn it! Oh. <laughs> Too early. <laughs> all right, you guys are all in on this. I'll point at all you right. when I want. Pl- all, right. all right, hand signals. Uh. Coming in at number 63, that was Blur and Phil Daniels with a song that is known as <laughs> Park Life. Life.
0: I committed more than anyone else. <laughs> I get a gold I was star. You damn right,
1: you get a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> <You do it. laughs> this is, ah, uh, this is my Graceland, my friends. This is one of. In my opinion, one of the best songs of the 90s. This is the defining moment of Britpop for me. This is everything that I love about Blur. Everything I love about Damon Albarn as a singer. Everything I love about...
2: Phil Daniels.
1: Phil Daniels. (laughs) Daniels. (laughs) Everything I love about Graham Coxon as a guitarist. Everything comes to light here, and I think it is so so wonderful. Uh, Now, last season we talked about for tomorrow, which is you know it's nice and it you know kind of. I wasn't there for that episode. Mm. I I really like that song. It's nice, like, but it's it's no one's favorite blur song. This there's no time for fence sitters when it comes to park life. Everyone is just either straight on board or they're just like, oh, I fucking hate this, you know? And I like it when Blur goes to those extremes. This song just makes me so happy. It's all-encompassing. It's so charming and endearing and timeless, but at the same time, it's so bitter and sardonic and nasty. Yeah, it just comes hurtling in with all the subtlety of a swinging hammer or broken glass, depending on (laughs) who you ask, you know, with that definitive riff and that big swinging horn section and then that incessant piano and then when the hook drops in the in the chorus, like I just think this is a perfectly crafted song, it's one of those songs that I wish I wrote I just, I love the mindset of it and I love the attitude that it has and it's so reflective of a time and a place kind of in the way that Teen Spirit was reflective of a time and a place, you know like Teenage Apathy and things like that this was you know, the idea of the middle class that thought they were the upper class, mm. you know, like this whole class war thing, and you know, that kind of got brought up in Pulp's album, and you know, to a lesser extent on Oasis's stuff. But like, this is the centerpiece. Like, as far as Britpop is concerned, park life not just the song but the album as well is the center of the universe this is like an exceptional song i think it's one of the best songs we've ever covered and i yeah i'm just really really excited about this um but i'm gonna throw it to the pigeons and uh see what they got out of it
0: so before you said that there's no sitting on the fence for this song you either love it or you hate it there's no time for fence sitters i'd say so i'm not a fence sitter but i do consider myself a tourist. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. And that's about as far as I can actually go with this song. Because when I listen to it, I hear something that, as you said, is so definitively a time and a place. But it's a time and a place that I don't really have enough knowledge of. Or at least I have a feeling that I don't have enough knowledge of that I can't really go one way or another with it. I can appreciate it for what it is musically, and I think, as you've said, you summed it up quite nicely. It's fine. It's got a really nice feel, a really nice bounce to it. It's so catchy. It's like incredibly the chorus, catchy. It's the ca- like, oh, the chorus so is many a pop masterpiece. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible, but I, I don't think that's what this song is. I think what this song is is something much deeper and much more rooted in Britishness, which is something that I can't really get into fully so I have a lot of trouble holding this song up as an anthem because I really don't feel like I have the right to. This I feel like is national identity and cultural identity and a very spe- very specific comments on that that I can't decipher therefore I can't get to the root of what's going on in the song. So my enjoyment of it is 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 great but it's only surface level. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is that, is that yeah, legit?
3: yeah. No. No. I think that's fair. I'm. I'm quite surprised that this isn't higher. At least
2: looking back on it now, that's like it's, it's such, such a, a classic 19- song. Yeah. 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 And it, it would make so much sense this to be in the top five.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I'm surprised it's not like number four. Like yeah. it's, it, this is such a like 1994 countdown. Of course, Park Life was number four. Yeah. But
2: it's not. It's you know it's kind of buried away in the 60s yeah. or whatever. But it is a. Fucking jam though. Yeah, I think it's absolutely incredible. Like, I'm not sure if this is the most Blur song, or maybe it's just the song by Blur that I love the most. Um, like I've mentioned before, my I guess my general apathy towards the Britpop scene. Yeah, I've documented that before, with the exception of course being Pulp, and I think this is pretty Pulp esque in a lot sure. of ways. Like it's weird. Like most of the song is spoken word. The groove is like kind of almost awkward. I mean, the chorus is just way too poppy. It's always like these. Divergent points of entry to coming towards in the song, and just somehow miraculously it works, and it's just an absolute jam. Like, mm. it's
0: almost classic it, album, though. Like, I think in a lot of ways, it's kind of the gorillas is a bit like that as well. The gorillas just, aren't just, classic album, though. I, I, I think there's a feel that Albong generates where he pulls these these kind of schizophrenic voices from all, all across different areas and slams them together.
2: When gorillas are at their best, that's certainly what it is, those first two albums. Yeah, yeah. But, like, classic Albong is... That, does is that water. not
0: include Plastic Beach? Yeah, no. I don't oh, okay. Plastic Beach is third. Oh, I love yeah. Plastic Beach. I adore
2: it. But anyway, gorillas are a singles band anyway. I don't think their albums are conceptually sound. Oh, no. Yeah. G- Plastic um, Beach, man. First <laughs>
1: beach. No, first two refers. Plastic way, Beach? Anyway... <laughs>
2: If you but, agree cla- with me, but, please hit up the Facebook page. But, <laughs> <laughs> but classic Alban is blur though. That's the thing. That, yeah. Like that's yeah. far more. No, I agree. With yeah. That. Yeah. Classic in that uh, this song, like I had nothing but love for it. I think it's absolutely incredible. Like the fact that again, awkward spoken word from a guest vocalist who's actually an actor, and yeah. then just the band chanting Park. Like, and it's not even just like like, like, get,
3: like it's he like does most of the song. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. He's lifting a lot yeah. of that
2: song. But like, how does it work? It, it, it's somehow it does it. It's so yeah. wonderful that it does, and it's and like the chorus as we have said is just so so. In- inf- like you sing it loud and it's awesome and yeah
3: yeah politically I have I don't know like I have like a small reservation when it comes to songs like this like it's not quite wake up sheeple but it's like <laughs> look at all you boring lower middle class people that you know just go through your boring lives doing nothing and yeah, it's, it's like, 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 little,
1: like little boxes
3: yeah and like I don't know like I get that and contextually as well with like you know youth in Britain in the 90s there's a lot going on there and that there's a lot to that and there's a lot as well with the accent which Phil Daniels is bringing in that like contextually like a lot of young British people at the time were putting on accents like that and that was like a class statement or whatever but it's still just a bit all you
2: you know you not that well off people going about your boring suburban lives I totally get what you're saying it's why I think just to talk about how much Pulp wants more it's why I think Pulp are better than the other bands because Pulp's masterpiece album, different class. It, it's coming from a point of view of that lower middle class thing. Yeah, because Jarvis was that, and he so yes. that and he talks about that. It's, yeah. about that. it's punching yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. It's punching yeah. up. Whereas
3: this, I don't know. That it's it's not
2: punching down necessarily, but I it's punching. <laughs>
3: it's it's. But it's, <laughs> it, it it comes out. It really is like. Mm. There's something about that. And it's like that whole Tism thing or, you know, and like and Root and all that, where it's like, why don't you take a real risk to get a day job and a mortgage? Yeah. Like, what is it for rock stars to be criticizing people that because they have to work a full time job to pay for their house and probably pay for like their kids that are listening to Britpop. Yeah. Um... <laughs> For them to like just enjoy feeding birds in the park or whatever, like I don't know, it's not a huge problem. I'm not saying like I hate the song or whatever, but that's a reaction to it, though. Yeah, whenever whenever there's songs like this, there's a little bit of me is like, well, that's very easy for you to say, Blur, but you know, yeah. So this was um the song that Oasis sang drunkly when they won the
2: Shite Life, yeah, yeah. Mar-mite. And yeah. Shite life. Marmite and Marmite and Marmite, yeah. Yeah. which is
3: so Oasis, it's not,
2: even, isn't it? Like it's isn't the most it?
0: Oasis thing in the world yeah. to do that.
1: Yeah, but look who's laughing now! Look, who, look who won the war.
2: <laughs> yeah well, yeah. It's, it's
1: definitely not The, the
2: guys. fans either, either side of the fans Will say that X-Band won the war
1: No oh. I, if, if Blur if, won the war I Because I, I, you're I a maintain. Blur fan Yeah but I like I like Like the first few Oasis records too I really think
0: that if One of your members is constantly just getting in the news for bitching about the state of music today. Like you've lost. That's that's the position. I don't know. Because
2: you've retained cultural relevancy in the mass media.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, but but no, he's just a
3: punchline now. Like the galaxy. But people, there, there will be so many people that know them that don't know Blur and don't know Damon. Yeah, that's. I mean, that that's totally fair. I think that's probably a larger
0: case, mm-hmm. but like they're not viewed in a very happy light. I, I these think days. like it's laughable. We
3: lost the brit pop wars. We as as like anybody. Australians. All
0: the people. Australians lost the brit pop wars. The all people. the
2: people. Oh, so many people. So many people. So
1: many
0: people. So many lives lost in that war. <laughs> you mentioned the accent, so that's a pretty elegant segue into what happened last year with uh the people versus Russell Brand, it, using this song as a battlefield. You guys are all across that. Honestly, well, it, 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 was, it, it, was, is, it was it was the really is funny. quite wonderful.
2: Yeah Cuz I am very quick. I could start a podcast about how much I love thinking Russell Brand is Tipping his fedora with <laughs> yep. the fury of a sixteen-year-old jerking off, mate. Like, <laughs> like
0: when you call your blog "The truth, oh, you it's just have like, to leave yourself open to a certain amount of criticism. Dave, can you just give us a recap of what what it basically happened, though? Uh, I think it's, I think so it's worth someone
1: mentioning. someone tweeted that I can't help but feel that Russell Brand would make more sense if after every. Sentence he said. Someone shouted out, "Park life," which is just an amazing tweet. <laughs> yeah, it was it was brilliant, and then it it caught on. So yeah. every time he'd post something vaguely politi- political slash prolix or whatever, uh, everyone would tweet back to him and go, "Park life." <laughs> and being the being the dude that he was, he he actually took it in his stride and you know made a made a video about it and like played no, along no, with it and stuff like but that. But there was well, a video
2: before that as well. Someone actually made a video of from his blog where he's reading from his own book. Yes, uh, Isshun, Um, Where he talks about how, and it just has a picture of him on the cover.
3: Yeah, of course um, it does. Yeah, Where, all he's, books where, where do. he's
2: reading from that, spouting off the. He's a handsome man. All the all the nuance and subtlety of a fifteen year old who's just re- read the Wikipedia page for Dust Capital, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he's reading pa- pa- passages from that with the park life beat behind it and the park life hook coming in as well yeah i thought that was super
0: clever it's it's just great and then he did a response video but i really think like only the first couple of seconds of that is a response to the park life movement the rest he just goes all right now i'm gonna just do the true stuff again i'm reading about yeah (laughs) Yeah. talk about parliament and you know how the prime minister's an asswipe yeah so edgy yeah
3: edge Anyway, probably need to talk. Didn't need to talk about any of that.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> no, it's, I, th- I think
3: it's pertinent. It's
1: a rich tapestry.
3: This yeah, song. yeah. it shows that that song still has some relevance. relevance. Exactly. Like,
1: you know, it's it's a cultural thing. Like so. Yeah. To wrap up, uh, if anyone is interested in, I, I think we've talked about this in last season, but uh, I think the best uh, thing on the topic of Britpop was a documentary called Live Forever, which is a really, really good doco about. Uh, the war between Blur and Oasis and like the, the, the bands that fell in their wake and mm. stuff like that and just that entire context and that entire period of pop music in that country which I thought was yeah really fascinating yeah. really it really actually, well
2: done yeah I think it's a very good documentary and the DVD is particularly good because it has a bonus feature which is just the Gallagher brothers shitting on things <laughs> <Yeah. which laughs> and is you've, very good you've got we a- have a
0: reading list for this episode
2: that's
1: yeah, super yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and Blur are back in pertinence as well they uh, are about to release in a few weeks their First album in 12 years, mm. which is called The Magic Whip, and uh, I'm gonna assume I'm probably the only one who's pretty keen for it. Oh uh, no. I'll end up getting came, it. But- yeah, I am I'm cautiously interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we are out of here uh, for for now. We'll come back to you, blur. We always do. At number 62, this is Pale with lemon spark. at number 62 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with a song called Lemon Spark. You're probably thinking two things at the moment. One, who the fuck is pale? Two, what the fuck is a lemon spark? (laughs) We had the same question. We Mm. couldn't find it on Spotify. We couldn't find it on YouTube. Uh, Only after a little bit of sleuthing were we able to find it on their old record label's Bandcamp, where they uploaded all... All of their shit, and super obscure Brisbane songs from the nineties. Otherwise,
0: the only other option was like meeting someone in a dark alley at the stroke
2: of midnight. <laughs> yeah, changing money. Basically, that's it. Hey,
1: uh, like, that's, that, that, that's
2: the metaphor for downloading something illegally <laughs> off torrent these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be a torrent for this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, the funny thing uh, is, it's, it's Man in alley yeah, or bust. If you type "Pale Lemon Sparked" into Google most of the results were people asking, hey, where can I find this song? Yes. (laughs) So uh, I'm really glad that, you know, we 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 found found a way around it.
0: Specifically in the ABC Triple J forums, which I thought is really great, because there there are people out there who are trying to assemble a list of every track that has got it into the Hottest 100. I wonder if they know about this podcast. It's right up their alley. So what I learned from browsing that forum is that this was the result of a mass grassroots push to get this band in the countdown. Cool. And And they beat Parklife.
1: They beat... Against against all odds, that's exactly what it did.
0: Quite the grassroots movement. Uh, it, it was would the
2: seem. It, was, it was the the Buzzfeed Taylor Swift push of its <laughs> yeah, day. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. <laughs> I, I don't know. I like Taylor Swift a whole lot more than this song. Hashtag I'd... Pale 100. <laughs> it's kind of mixed really badly. Does anyone else get get that impression? Like, when I just listened to it. It's just like This is kind of sounds a bit muddy. The vocals aren't high enough
2: here, and not in like a deliberate shoegazy kind of way. No, and like it's just not like what what the, what the hell was in the drinking water in 1994? Like with bands like this and like. Things of stone and wood and the sharp, all these generic Australian rock bands that were making barefoot. This Anyone barefoot, remember barefoot from this, last year? Yeah. This meandering middle of the road rock with yeah. like overtly Australian sounding vocals. Oh, like, I don't think it's that bad. It's kind of it's swirly. It's not terrible, in... but it's
0: nothing. It was so average. Yeah. It's it's got a kind of like nice texture at yeah, times. Yeah, I,
1: I, I the thought. Like, I it thought it almost it was, it, the destination was not worth the journey for this song. <laughs> I thought
3: it was a pretty, you know, like it's not amazing, but I thought it was a pretty nice piece of like. Guitar pop,
2: whatever. Mm. Like it just, I don't know. I liked the um again, much like the REM song we spoke about uh, in a previous episode. Um, I liked the appearance of the Johnny Marr esque shimmering guitar. Yeah yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Like I thought all that stuff, it was like okay. it was fine. It
2: worked, you know. And it it reminded me a bit of
3: some stuff by the Church. I got a Rat Cat vibe. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like I felt like some lineage in terms of Australian music in that song or whatever. I. I thought it was fine. Like, I'm not saying it's an amazing no. song. Like, yeah. no one is saying yeah. that. <laughs> I think it's kind of lovely that this little band that had a big grassroots push is, like, in this countdown at this point. Like, I don't know. I'm for it. It's preserved what I think is, like um, a mosquito in amber. Yeah. We could resurrect Pale <laughs> and make a theme park from them.
2: We could. Well, we, 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 you use Pale to resurrect other things. Yeah. 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 Bigger Australian rock bands from <laughs> <in> the <laughs> 90s. Just what I think no, is no, just... that we
0: use their DNA to fill in the missing DNA from yeah. those rock yeah. bands yeah. that have been Genius. forgotten. They're like yeah. the frog.
2: Yeah, exactly. I know Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. This and these other generic Australian rock bands made me appreciate how uniquely special Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds were at this time because <laughs> they such no. a that's such a you it's, But but they, they're just so there I was thinking different. about Nick Cave yeah as I do as is my I had want. to listen
1: to this other song <laughs> it's not Nick Cave yeah the there
2: was no birthday party songs on, the, on this countdown
1: <laughs> according but, to Andrew we haven't listened to Blur we haven't listened to Gin Blossoms. So we've been listening to not Nick Cave not Nick Cave <laughs> not Nick Cave not, Nick Cave, not the birthday not party <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> not Grinderman <laughs> what is this not Nick and Warren. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so every winner of the Hottest 100 has been not Nick Cave. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I will say, however, t- that this song is notable uh, not only for the way it's there, and but you know by the fact that it's preserved a band that otherwise wouldn't be preserved, but also it goes into something that I'm amassing, which is uh, just especially for this countdown. Cringy spoken word Australian things uh, that are part of the songs.
1: Well because she's just over there. She's just this uh, there.
0: That's where it started, and I think it's still the front runner, but we also have Hi, I'm not at home and I'm not at work and I don't know where I am.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, classic at the right. end. Yeah, on the Pretty, phone as well. Hoo hoo. Answer- answering
0: machine message. It's like yeah. I don't know where I am yeah. like the answering machine you know,
2: yeah, but it sounds like it's it was leading bad. into a skit as well. Like Whoa, you reckon they
0: like it's a continuous. Fingers crossed. Track
2: or, yeah. or it could like. just
3: be leading into the next song or something. And and maybe that wasn't in the countdown version. Yeah. And maybe it's just because like, we were listening or, to the album version. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. <laughs> 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 maybe everyone around Australia said like spoke along to that bit. And <laughs> I'm gonna
0: try it again. I just think this song really pales in comparison hey, hey. Oh. to some of the others. To, to some other songs.
2: It's a, <laughs> <laughs> a bit beyond the pale. I,
0: yeah, I'll cheers myself again.
2: <laughs> Here's to you. <laughs> Andrew, pick up your game at being you. <laughs> well, I'm letting you take a There's no Bush songs in this episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so is it Bush and not Nick Cave? It's both. Well it could be you. know well, Bush is not Nick Cave. Yeah. Oh no no yeah. all the all the countdown now is just not Bush. Yeah. <laughs> Except not in Bush. Bush. Yeah, the not hey. Bush City Limit. <laughs> <laughs> not Bush City Limits. I'm gonna dance now. And number sixty-one, this is Gin Blossoms with a jealous.
0: here tonight
1: That was Gin Blossoms at number sixty-one in the nineteen ninety-four hottest one hundred with "Hey Jealousy." Hey Nathan. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. This song is fine. First up, but like
3: I I find (laughs) (laughs) it's very bleak. All the story around this song, yeah, yeah. Like that's I got caught up in that a lot more than the song when I was just sort of trying to dig a little bit around. But are you, like, on top of this? Not as much. No. I think you should probably let me know. Yeah, so um, the guitarist and songwriter, Doug Hopkins, um, who wrote this song, uh, got really depressed and frustrated with the process of making this album. This was for their second album. Yep. But they were re-recording this song that was on their first to be on this album. And I can imagine that's probably not a very great process. And so he was very depressed and started drinking a lot, especially after... Um, and yeah, this is weird. after getting hit by a water balloon in a show that for some reason was a real turning point for him and it got worse. Um, and then the label threatened to Who drop the band. brings that to a show? Yeah, right. I don't I mean, understand that. But the label threatened to drop them unless they sorted out his drinking and, and, you know, being belligerent or whatever. So they kicked him out, which is not great. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, And then they released the album, and this song did very well because it's an incredibly well written radio friendly rock song, I think. Like um, Rolling Stone called it Mana for Radio, and I think that, like, it's just so effortlessly radio friendly. Yeah. Yeah, And the hooks are all there. Like, it works. So, this song that he wrote did very well. But that then is somewhat overshadowed by his suicide six months later. Wow. Yeah. yeah and it's, it's like pretty heavy. The song originally had the line "You can trust me not to drink," and the band changed that. And it's just like, oh, this, like there's just there's stuff in this that's that, heavy. Yeah,
0: right. I mean, it's heavy enough just as a song. Like, yeah. It's 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 a very sentimental, heartfelt, down kind of track.
3: Yeah, I think. For the kind of song that it is that, you know, again, really radio-friendly pop rock kind of thing. I think it's a really well-written song. Like, I think the hook's all work, the lyrics... They, they get to, you know, I love this is um, they're going.
2: If you don't expect too much from me, you might not be let down. I yeah. think it's a really gorgeous line. And it's like, like cool. It's like, so, I, you know, I, yeah.
3: I, I feel that. Like, I, I know where that's coming it's from. Real, really. It's like, real Morrissey. Yeah. And the thing yeah. that
0: gets it across for me, like more than anything else, is just the, the way that the vocals are delivered. It's really nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, the vocal performance, is, it sells it it it's, does it, and, it, and it's, it could it's not it. by pushing it or anything Like it's, no, it's, it's just there yeah. it's, it's, just, it's right there and it's beautifully done and I think this song has endured as a 90s standard that's really the way I view it because it's completely of its time and cemented there and it will be replayed on commercial radio again and again and again as a kind of like a 90s track but even you look at and i i didn't i don't have a complete list but if if you were to look at a complete list it would be long of people who have covered this and gone back to this and referred to this and whatever like it's cemented it's it's a it's a rock it's canon mm. have it's you there. heard it before Many many times. Oh right,
3: I, I don't think I'd ever heard this song before. Oh no, Whoa, I, really? I, not not that I can remember. It's very possible that I have, but sure. I mean, it, I am coming to this fresh. I'm around oh, really okay. commercial radio a whole lot yeah, more yeah. than you. Yeah, have yeah.
0: Like I've I was you know in the shifts that I've done, I've spun this countless times, and and follow
1: you down as well was also a big one.
0: Is that the same band? Yeah. Oh, that's another one. Yeah, like, same album, isn't it? That was the second No, no, single? no,
1: that was the record after, oh, which right. was called uh, Congratulations, I'm Sorry. Yeah, which ooh, then also
3: goes into the, the sort of Doug Hopkins story. Yeah,
1: is a bit yeah. like. Uh, There's a lot of songs about him on that record. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, that's basically how I view this song. Sure, the, the, Andrew, the have hook you heard is it eternal. I had not heard. Yeah, it before, cool. No. So like yeah. wow. or if, so I had, I, if I had, if I had, I hadn't realized. That's
3: it. Like, like, sure. it's, I always find it strange for right, all I, its radio yeah. friendliness. Like, it's not something that is ever going to jump out at me. Like, yeah,
2: sure. But well, that, that's the thing. I think the song itself I find to be rather generic. I, like, I think sure. it's a, a, a fairly nice kind of jangly kind of pop rock song, and I enjoy it for what it is. And there are some nice lines in there, like I said. And the story is very sad. Like, it's quite heartbreaking, really. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, the song itself doesn't really wow me. It seems nice enough, but it certainly didn't inspire me to hunt out further.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, no. It, it started and I was like, I know exactly what this song is. And yeah. then by the end of it, I was like, that was a lot better than I thought it would be. Yeah. But it's still that kind of song.
1: Yeah. I always find it funny when, like, I assume these songs are, like, universal, like, <laughs> massive hits. And then, like, I go to you guys and it's just like, I've never heard this song before. No. And it's like, really? You know, I, I, this, I guess... This, this is
2: canon for you, then?
1: oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i'm not entirely sure what that means but i'll go with it
2: <laughs> you, you, do you do you like the song
1: it's a power f- it's a power fm song and it's dave Bates. so oh, I, I'll, well, I'll, I'll leave i'll leave yeah. your wide fucking guesses too. all up in that yeah <laughs> yeah this is a perfectly crafted power pop song like i yeah the melodies are incredible throughout the whole thing it has that uh, there's this like, um, there's this idea in psychology of you know pop songs having a hook every seven seconds and like wow. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, and I think this has that in spades. Like yeah. like yeah, like the vocals uh, are so strong and they've got such a strong melody. And it also has that semi-charm life thing of being able to be like a very upbeat and, uh like brisk song, but also have that very devastating subject matter at the mm-hmm. same time. You know, it's mm-hmm. working on a few different levels. I've always loved this song. Like, the chorus bowls me over every single time. I'm just a big fan of this band. Like I said, there's a lot of dark history to this band. And, yeah, once it all unfurls and you, like, listen to the records with that in mind, it they really do grow a lot heavier in context, you just think about them a lot more, more than you would, say, like, your other, like, alternative rock of the time, like your Mm. Screaming Trees or your Cracker or whatever (laughs) else, you know? It's just, like, it doesn't feel like there's more to it, whereas there is with Gin Blossoms. They're still going to this day. Um, They split up in 1997, about a year after the release of Congratulations, I'm Sorry, which didn't do as well as the label had hoped, and, you know, there was... This was at a time where there was all that label pressure where it's just like, you've got to sell like 5 million records, kid. We're going to put you on a two-year world tour and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, weird time.
0: I think it's an time. that's an important note for a lot of subject matter that's coming out at that time and a lot about the industry at that time. Yeah, well. like 100 It's worth bearing in mind almost constantly for every song we talk about, really.
1: Yeah, so they split up and... Except Pale, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say definitely. Um, and they got back together, I think, in about 2002 and they put out two records since then. Who's um, there, Who's their singer now? They uh, they still have the same singer. Um, yeah, yeah. The guy, the, the guy that kicked vocal. out was the guitarist. Right. And yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah,
2: but he was the key songwriter. Yeah, right. That, well,
0: yeah. So hang on. The guy who sings this didn't write it. No. Then he, he did an even better job because. Yeah. Right. Like because he he gets
1: into that. He headspace really gets so into the heart of it. I think. Yeah. yeah. I think because he knew him so intimately and yeah. knew a lot about what he was going through. I could not imagine writing like singing a song
0: that someone else had written that was like this. And Knowing that person and then having that person like kill themselves that's well, he it like, kill
2: himself after the song was recorded.
0: But you've, you've been singing these words, yes. mm, yeah, mm. like, ah, you, you're, embodying, mean, you're like, embodying his
2: voice, yeah, yeah, like, it's a big deal, like,
3: haunting as hell, which is, is a big part of Tim Friedman's narrative as well. Like, I'd that's, say so, yeah, you know, like, like listening to Eternal yeah, yeah. Nightcap
1: yeah, and things like yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that's that's heavier, it is super heavy. Uh, I don't think we talk about Gin Blossoms again, but I'd be very uh, surprised. I'm really glad that we got to because, mm. yeah, this is a big part of like '90s rock for me, and it's a big part of uh, the phenomenon of Power FM songs. And, also, uh, yeah.
0: potentially amongst other examples, demonstrates how the mainstream and alternative uh, fields were, you know, a little bit more blurred.
2: Yeah, definitely In these mm. days of
0: Triple J
1: Yeah, that's a good call That's a good call Because this, this has
0: definitely Become a mainstream track Sure Like, I don't think Triple J would play it Even as a throwback To their old playlist now But back then, you know Got voted in
2: I, I mean, can see them playing it Like on Double J or something I can see
1: them Yeah, yeah that. Definitely Double J now- still,
0: That would be very surprising For me if I heard it hmm. But, I mean Maybe maybe that's more to do with How I've divided things up In my own mind And stuff like that But, you know
1: It's coming from somewhere Yeah So <laughs> Somewhere around the... Oh, Oh, God damn it. (laughs) I'm over it, lovey. I'm over it, lovey. (laughs) That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. I would like to thank you for listening. I would like like to thank (laughs) FBI Radio for having us in the studio. Thank you. I would like to thank Adam. Thanks, Matt. For setting up and recording and coming yeah. in directly after work. He's a oh. absolute champion. Oh. Always on the go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks guys. I would like to thank Nathan for oh, thank booking us in and making this all happen. Yep. I would like to thank Andrew uh, for just being you. <laughs> no, as the Beatles put it, nobody does it better. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, and nice. I would like to thank everyone that has Rated, reviewed, subscribed, everything. Uh, anyone that has dropped us a line to tell us what they think about the podcast.
0: Oh yeah, and like everyone, feel free to do that. Like even um, the
1: criticisms are welcome.
0: We're, yeah, we're, absolutely. We'd like to hear from. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> Let's no, talk Not over me <laughs> yeah. We're psyched like to hear from our long-time listener, Rob uh, Getting on board and dropping us a, a, a bit of a war post on Facebook Letting us yeah. know a few things about last episode Especially the big discussion we had, Andrew In relation to music and advertising yes. Yes. Are, uh, Great to
3: see that you're on board with Daiju oh,
2: yeah, yeah, he
0: hated the <laughs> fact Super that we called Dinos- Dinosaur so, Daiju So awkward <laughs> <laughs> That <laughs> is... It's a Simpsons quote. It's a Simps- you know Hoju. I, I got it. You. Yeah, what? I think
2: he knows where it it's. Stop it's just wrong.
1: saying it. Just in case people don't. Like it's a- what
2: Maskus wants anyway. So yeah, just let it happen. <laughs>
1: yeah, the kids can call them what they want. Yeah. Yeah. They really can. Uh, before we get out of here, as per usual, we would like to nominate our favourites and our least favourites, we're going to start with you, Andrew.
2: Mine go uh, the first ones we discussed. My favourite is uh, Bull in the Heather and my least favourite is A Conspiracy.
1: Good call. My favourite is Park Life and my least favourite, of course, is A Conspiracy.
3: I'm going to go the same as you, I think, DJY. Park Life and A Conspiracy.
0: Adam? I'm going to go Bull in the Heather because Sonic Youth 5 ever and I'm going to go Pale because it just... Didn't really do much for me at yeah. all. At least I don't know. At least there were some aspects of the Black Crows that I could enjoy and get into, <laughs> even if the whole thing didn't really come together in the end. There were still moments where I thought maybe this could turn into a song.
1: <laughs> so congratulations to Blur and Sonic Youth. You have tied. Uh, we'll be sending out your blue ribbons in the mail. To- totally wild <laughs> prize <laughs> packs. Totally wild prize packs. Enjoy the free Cheetos. <laughs> uh, we're going to send so stale. <laughs> we're going to send you out a month supply of yoga. <laughs> one packet of yogurt <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to send you a year's worth of calendars <laughs> and a lifetime supply of chapstick yeah a chapstick <laughs> on behalf of mr adam buncher
0: park life
1: On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison Park Life On behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald Park Life (laughs) And that's why we
0: always say it at the same time
1: (laughs) My name is David James Young Keep music Park Life Oi
2: Oi Keep music very good (laughs)
1: <laughs> not bush city them